0: And welcome to the Scale of Wisdom podcast brought to you by the Batul Foundation. Continuing on the topic of repentance, التوبة, the next subsection in al Hikmah speaks about the pillars of repentance. It starts with the Quranic ayah where Allah subhanahu wa taala says, But whoever repents after his wrongdoing and reforms, then Allah shall accept his repentance. Indeed, Allah is all-forgiving, all-merciful. So as we can see from this Qur'anic ayah, if somebody repents and thereafter reforms themselves, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts their repentance. And indeed, reform is a sign of acceptance when it comes to repentance. In the next Qur'anic ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Indeed, I am all-forgiving toward him who repents, becomes faithful and acts righteously, and then follows guidance. So for somebody who has lived a life of forgetfulness and indulgence, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives them when they become faithful and act righteously and then follow guidance. Imam Ali alayhi salam is reported to have said, Repentance stands on four pillars. Remorse with the heart, asking for forgiveness with the tongue, work with the limbs and resolve not to repeat. So these are four pillars which explain what repentance really is the first is that somebody should feel remorse and because of that remorse they should express that remorse through asking for forgiveness on the tongue and the extent of their repentance shouldn't stop there but rather they should make up for it with their limbs and they should make a firm intention not to repeat that again imam al-baqir a.s. is reported to have said in reply to a sheikh from the Naha tribe who said i have been a governor since the time of al-hajjaj until this very day so is repentance possible for me the Imam remained silent, and when I repeated the question he said, No, until you compensate everyone for his lost rights. As you may have read in the books of history, Hajjaj ibn Yusuf al thaqafi was an extremely oppressive and tyrannical ruler. And the old man from the tribe of Nakha' had been a governor for Hajjaj Meaning that he had also shared in all of those oppressive acts and actions And when he came to Amir al-Mu'mineen to ask him how he could repent for all of this Amir al-Mu'mineen explained the condition that was required for repentance and that is that if a person has wronged somebody, they have to make it right and so for a person like the governor of Hajjaj it was definitely an uphill struggle for him to do that because of the amount of oppression that was committed during the rule of Hajjaj So this hadith again tells us another condition The next subsection talks about the types of repentance The Holy Prophet ﷺ is reported to have said Make a repentance for every sin. Public repentance for public sins and private repentance for private sins. So you can see here that there is a distinction between sins that are between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sins that are not just between you and Allah but involve other people. So for example, if a sin of slander is committed, that is not just between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is between you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the person that has been slandered. And so in the same way that that slander was a public act, so too the repentance has to also be public. You have to take it back. You have to go in front of people and tell them, what I said was not true, in order to have really and truly repented from that slander that you committed. The next subsection talks about sincere repentance. In the Holy Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O you who have faith, repent to Allah with sincere repentance. And the Holy Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa is reported to have said, Sincere repentance is remorse for the sin as soon as it slips out from you. Then you ask Allah for forgiveness, then you never return to it. So these are the stages of sincere repentance. The first thing is that the thing you did wrong is a slip. It is not something that is regular, not something that you continually do. Rather you slip. As soon as you slip you ask Allah for forgiveness and then you try your best never to return to that thing again. Imam al-Hadi is reported to have said, when he was asked about sincere repentance, said, It is when the inner self becomes identical to the outer behavior, and even better than it. So here as you can see in this hadith, repenting is truly reforming. It is that a person truly reforms their inner and their outward self. The next subsection talks about postponing repentance. Imam Ali is reported to have said, If you commit a misdeed, hasten to erase it with repentance. Meaning that don't wait and don't procrastinate when it comes to repentance As soon as you make a mistake, repent for that mistake Don't say to yourself, oh, I'll repent when I pray next Or I'll repent on Thursday night Or I'll repent later on in life No, when someone makes a mistake The advice in Islam is that a person should immediately seek to rectify that mistake And not to build up those mistakes and postpone repentance So for example saying to yourself that in my youth I'll commit as many sins as I want and when I get old I'll repent for all of it. This is not the way that a mu'min should carry themselves rather as soon as they commit the sin they should repent from it and they shouldn't return to it. Imam Ali is reported to have said the one who procrastinates in repenting for himself faces the greatest danger from the sudden attack of death. So if you procrastinate and say I'll repent later There is no guarantee for you that between the time that you've procrastinated and the time that you intended to repent, that death will not come in the way and cut off your ability to repent. And in this situation you would be somebody who knew what they did wrong and not somebody who would be ignorant of that. Imam Al-Jawad is reported to have said, postponing repentance is an illusion and long procrastination is perplexity. The next subsection talks about what is easier than repentance. It is narrated that Prophet Jesus a.s. said, The man who has no debt to people is more comfortable than the one indebted, even if he has repaid his debt. And similarly, the man who has not committed any sins is more comfortable than he who has committed sins, even if he has sincerely repented and returned to the right path. So here, just because repentance wipes away sin, that should not be an encouragement towards committing sin. Rather a person who has not committed a certain sin is in a better position than the person that has Because they don't need to seek repentance for that sin Imam Ali is reported to have said Abandoning sin is easier than asking for forgiveness So the better thing to do is to abandon sin The better thing to do is to develop past mistakes Rather than to continually commit sins and mistakes And have to continually ask for repentance for those same things The next subsection talks about how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala conceals the sin of the penitent one. Imam Ali alayhi salam is reported to have said, Allah turns mercifully to the one who repents and his limbs are ordered to keep his secret and all the places on earth to conceal for him his sin and the record-keeping angels to forget whatever they wrote about him. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala completely wipes out and conceals the sin of a person who repents for it. The next subsection talks about how sins can be changed into good deeds. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Holy Quran, accepting those who repent, attain faith, and act righteously. For such Allah will replace their misdeeds with good deeds, and Allah is all forgiving, all merciful. And Imam Al-Sadiq narrated that Allah the exalted revealed to Prophet Dawood, peace be upon him, and on our Prophet, O oh David. When my believing servant commits a sin and then repents to me and repents for that sin and is ashamed in my presence every time he remembers it, I will forgive him and cause the recording angels to forget about it and change it to count as a good deed. And I will not care about it further, for I am the most merciful." The final subsection speaks about speculating on Allah taala's judgment. And this subsection teaches us not to have a judgmental attitude towards other people. And towards judging whether Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive them or not. If they repent sincerely, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala's doors are wide open. The Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is reported to have said, Woe to those who foretell about Allah's actions from among my community. Those who proclaim that X will go to paradise, but Y will go to the fire. And he sallallahu wa is also reported to have said, A man said one day, I swear by Allah that he will not forgive so and so. Allah the Exalted said, Who is he to foretell about what I will do, that I will not forgive this man? I indeed have forgiven him, and annulled the work of the foretelling man, because of his saying, Allah will not forgive him. So it is important for us not to be judgmental over others, even if we see them in mistakes, because if they sincerely seek forgiveness from Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive them, and we don't know tomorrow that person might be better than us. And so we should not think that we know how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will judge everybody. Inshallah in the next episode we will speak about reward. al-thawab, Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi al-tayyibin